Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Samech Vav in Maseches Nedarim. And so we start at the Mishnah on the top of Samech Vav Amadalaf. And the Mishnah says, Poschen biyavim tovim uveshabasos. By the way, I may have misspoke. I, I refer to this as Hafaris Nedarim, maybe. I, I, don't, I don't know if I did, but I did uh, want to point out that this is the Hataras Nedarim. Hataras Nadarm is when you undo a ned there. So that's the topic of this parak, which we're hopefully going to finish today. And so it continues to be the, the topic of this Mishnah. So what does that have to do with Yom Tov and Shabbos? So it means that's the Pesach. This Pesach is what you do for Hataras Nadarm. Next parak, the 10th parak, the subject will be Hafaris Nadarm, which again is an undoing of a ned there. But that's more what, what the father of a girl or the husband of a wife can do, and so we'll talk about the differences between Hataras and Hafaris. But in both cases, you're, you know, taking it back, but there are some differences. In this case, be that as it may, it's Hataras and Dharm where you have to find a Pesach, as we've discussed, which is to say you have to find a uh, legitimate reason why you would not have made this letter if you had known certain things. So in this particular case, uh, there's a few Pshatim as what Poschem Biyom Tovim Veshavasas might mean, so let's go with the basic shot, which is you made a nether, let's say you're going to be a vegetarian. You're about tshuva, and you made a nether, you're going to be a vegetarian. And then you said, wait a minute, had I realized that cholent would be so delicious on Shabbos and Yantiv, I would never have made that nether. So in that scenario, Interestingly enough, the psak of the Chachamim initially was that Okay, you made the netter to be a vegetarian, and then you realized that cholent on Shabbos is delicious, and so you re- you say that you regret that you made your netter that you're vegetarian. But initially, they would say that it, you would only take back the netter on Shabbos and Yantiv when you would be eating cholent. But the rest of the week, you'd be vegetarian. I could see that being a lifestyle where you're veggie during the week and then. You eat your cholent on Shabbos. Why not? That's what they used to say. But Rabbi Kiva didn't like that. That once you take back part of a nether, you have to take back the entire nether. And so the Ran explains, this is the Ran over the top over here, the third line. Um, that in the Yerushalmi, we have this idea, that kechol hayotzim yipiviyase. That's how, that's how you quote the Pasuk. Kechol means all, which means it's an all or nothing proposition, a neder, right? That if you don't fulfill the entire neder, you don't, you, then, you, then you take away the, the erase it entirely. So there is no such thing as making a neder and then only taking back part of it. You're either doing all of it or none of it. And that is interesting because, again, that came up, and that was the discussion in the Yerushal- in the Yerushalmi. It, it's quoted. Until then, we didn't know that we didn't have this drusha from Rabbi Kiva. Uh, so Rabbi Kiva was the one that sort of um, invented this idea, and so from that point forward, you don't take back half a nether. And now let's see an illustration of that. Kate says in the Mishnah, So the person says, "You know what? I don't want to have anything to do with any of y'all." Okay. And then one of them becomes a friend with him. So, all of them at that point become 
permitted, again, an illustration of the fact that he had made the nether to include a whole crowd of people uh, that he was going to dissociate from. And once he broke that dissociation and associated with one of them, so now he's associated with all of them, okay? Or another case, a little bit similar, with the same halacha, ah, So here there's going to be some differences. So instead of saying all you all, I say, I'm not going to have any enough from Barry or from Goranowitz or from Andrew. In that case, so again, my order was Goranowitz, Barry, and Andrew. So if I take it back and I say, you know what? I will associate with Goranowitz. So now I'm associating with everyone. However, if I only say, you know what? I take Andrew back. Then if I take the last person that I mentioned, in this case, Andrew, and that's the one that I take back, then he is going to be mutter and everyone else is going to be usher. The Gemara is going to ask, wait a minute, that's the halacha? Isn't that exactly against what we said the principle of Rabbi Kiva was? That's not all or nothing. Why would this work this way? That if you take back the first person you mentioned, you're taking everybody back. But if you take back the last person, then you only take that last person back. Why would that be? So, uh, so the Ran explains over here, Oh, okay. Well, the Ran says, this is a very specific case. That's how I said the nether. Yeah. I made it a contingency. In other words, I said a nether on each one of you, Barry and Goranowitz, then Barry, then Andrew individually. And when I said the nether, I said, just like I'm on, just like I am swearing off Goranowitz, I am now officially swearing off Barry. And then I say, just like I'm swearing off Barry, I'm now officially swearing <laughs> off Andrew. Right. And so I did what Andrew is calling a codependency. But when you do that codependency, that means that, wait a minute, once you knock off the first one, so then that starts off a domino effect and everything and everybody is eliminated and brought back into my circle. But if you do the last domino, then only that last domino falls. And so it is for that reason. It's simply the structure of how you develop this codependency that is what, um, that what informs this particular halacha. And so it's not really in violation of the Mishnah, and then it just becomes a question of why would the Mishnah bring this case that's against the principle of Rabbi Kiva, it's just to confuse us. But we already understand that it's different than what Rabbi Kiva said, but be that as may, uh, that's one case where Rabbi Kiva's halacha would seem like it would apply, but it doesn't. Okay, another such case would be the following, says the Mishnah. Right, so what we're really doing right now is illustrating Rabbi Kiva's point of the Dharm being all or nothing, but then also illustrating the exceptions. So what's the exception here? Like this. Uh, five different animals, and I designate each one of them as a carbon. Well, I can't, just by rolling one back, doesn't mean that I've, that I've rolled all of them, that I've taken all of them back, because after all, once you've, you can't take that toothpaste out of it and put it back in the tube, right? Once you've designated an animal as hectish, so each one of the animals that you designated as hectish is now hectish. 
right? And so even if you took one of them back and you said, I'm going to redeem this one, make it chulin or whatever, I no longer want it to be hektesh, the other animals will remain hektesh, and that's a scenario where the animal becoming hektesh kind of overwhelms this principle of all or nothing with regards to nadarim. Uh, we have already said that, you know, there are many cases where, right, there would be a chiv that you would have, but the fact that you made the nether means you can no longer do that chiv. Um, we spoke about this a little bit, uh, even yesterday, and it applies a little bit today, where if a person, uh, decides that he's going to fast, so can you do so on Shabbos, right? We talked a little bit about this. Uh, well, you're supposed to eat on Shabbos. You're not really allowed to fast on Shabbos. So that becomes a tension between two different things. Uh, which, which are you supposed to violate? The nether or the idea that you're not supposed to fast on Shabbos? So I think in that case we say that we, you would fast on Shabbos and the nether would take precedence. But when it comes to designating something for hektesh, you can't say, oh, this animal is no longer going to be hektesh because, you're, because you took back the nether and therefore you took back all the animals. You can't say that. You can't undo that hektesh. And so it is one of the rare cases where the nether actually uh, cannot be undone and it stays in, in effect. Okay. Uh, furthermore, now here's going to get back to Erbi um, Kiva. You say, I'm never going to have wine. But you give a specific reason. What's your reason? It's bad for your stomach. And then they said, wait a minute. But old wine is even good for your stomach. So there it is. At that point, you become mutter to eat miyushan. But not only that, not just old wine, but all wine at that point becomes mutter. Because again, your stated reason for why you weren't drinking wine is not true. Well, in this particular case, it's not true. And because, but it's really only not true of old wine. But because it's not true for some subset of wine that you swore off, it becomes an entirely undone nether. And at that point, you are uh, allowed to drink any kind of wine, even Manishevitz. Or, I'm not going to have we We're having this issue now because um, for Zalmi's Ufa, we're realizing, you know, if you do it in a shul and stuff like that, and if some of the people that are going to be waiters handling the wine... It's going to be problematic. You have to have mavushal. You have to have mavushal wine. And I'm told that the mavushal wine is not necessarily, mm. that, that it's hard to get high quality mavushal wine. That's what I'm told. Tough. It's very tough, right? No, you'll be fine. I'll be fine? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Um, well, I'm for sure going to be fine. I'm not going to drink it anyways. Right. But I would think that boiling wine would make it so much more delicious. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so we talked about wine. Let's talk about onions. Uh, I'm off onions. It's not good for your heart. It's great for your heart. Fine. Right? You take part of it back, take all of it back. Again, an illustration of the principle of Rabbi Kiva. Not only is this Theoretically, halacha, but it in fact happens once. And Rabbi Meir, who is one of Rabbi Akiva's most famous Talmidim, uh, was matir all of the Batsalim, uh, based on this principle. Good. So now the Gemara says, Hutar Achron, Achron Mutter, Vachulan Asurin, Man Tana. Who's the Tana 
that holds this idea with regards to the carbon. What's the case? What are we talking about? So you have to look at the Ran. This Gemara is a reference to Gemara and Shvuas Taflamid Vav. What what does it say there? Five people in that particular case were Tovea, one person. There was like a money deposit guy. A guy that you deposit money with. Okay, that was kind of what he did for a living. Watch people's stuff. Okay. And the money disappeared. Okay. So now he can do one or two things. For first of all, he has to swear. The halacha is that a person who is watching a pikadon, right, a person who is watching over money, and then the money disappears, has to swear, right, that he didn't do, that, right, he has to swear that he didn't take it. Okay? All right, so he's, he's, made, he's swearing that he didn't take it. Now, the question is, he was holding the money for five different people. So, is he, does he have to say a shvua? Now, again, this is something that we're not, we're not really bringing up a lot, but has to be noted. And, you know, if you're studying this very deeply, the difference between a neder and a shvua, there are differences. But be that as it may, for our purposes, usually when we're doing for illustration, we're not highlighting that difference. So we're going to try to keep it simple. But the point is, in that case, he has to make a shvua that he, that he didn't take it. Okay, now, he could swear to each person individually, and then he's considered to have made separate shvuas. Okay? And so in that sense, it's similar to the korban. That's all we're saying. That maybe our, mish- our Mishnah, when it says that each korban is treated separately, it's like Rabbi Shimon with regards to the shvua that a guy who has money deposited with him, right? So that's what that Ron says. It says, Gabi Hamisha even because there's two ways of doing it. In other words, if you made one sort of blanket umbrella shvua, so then of course that's considered one shvua. But if you made individual shvuas, it's like making individual karbanos. And you would need a separate, right, um, hatara for each and every nether. So that, that's really what I'm saying. It's two different examples of where a group of similar nadarim, right, is sometimes treated like one conglomerate group that can be taken back in one shot. And sometimes it's viewed as a collection of individual nadarim that need to be taken back separately, right, because because each person, is, because each individual case, right, is a case unto itself. And so that is an interesting point of the Gemara here. Fine. Now getting back to the wine. What's going on with the wine? So the Gemara, a question. What happened in the Mishnah? In the Mishnah, the person, the individual swore up wine. And then the reason he swore it off is because he thought it was bad for his stomach. Then somebody said, you know what? No. On the contrary, it's great for you. Well, what if he had said, not that it's great for you, but it's not bad for your stomach? 
and you think it's bad, and it's not bad. Would that also work? And the answer is, of course it would. In other words, it's still a false premise, right? You still made the nether thinking it was bad for you, and that is not true. So why does it have to be the case that it's good for you? Why can't it just be, it's not bad for you? That's what the Gemara is asking. Wouldn't it be a bigger chiddush to say that, forget, it, forget the wine being good for you. Just the wine not being bad for you is, is enough to make the nether, right, undone because it's on a false premise. Says the Gemara, yeah. That's what the Mishnah means to say. That certainly if it's not good for you, it would still have the same halacha. Meaning, certainly if it's not bad for you is what I meant. Certainly, if just the wine, instead of you thinking that's bad for you, if you just, if I could prove that it's not bad for you, that would make it um, a premise to undo the entire net there. And then, as we say, right? And all the more so, if it's good for you, so then of course it's going to be right. Now, I was going to say the same thing by the, um, by the onions as well. But typically, the ain ra. Remember, in the Mishnah, the case of the onion, you thought it was bad for you, it turned out it was good for you. So, would would it, would you say that if it's neutral for you that the nether would not be undone? And the answer is yes, it would still be undone because you made the nether on the premise that you think the onion is bad for your heart. And as long as that premise is incorrect, so then the nether becomes undone. And therefore, So similarly, like we said by the wine, we're saying over here by the right by the onions that all that we need is for the onions to not be bad for you and the nether can be undone. And all the more so in the situation in our Mishnah where we find that and indeed not only is it not bad for you, but it's good for you. So of course, all the more so it would be undone in such a scenario. Fine. So now the next Mishnah on Sabah says the following. The Ran says, oh, down here, Hamadir is Ishtar Achi Garshena. In other words, what kind of person makes a nether hanah that his wife can't have any hanah from him and now she has to be divorced? That's the case the Rana is saying. This kind of person should be ashamed of himself. He should be ashamed of himself. And yet, if he is ashamed of himself, that's a Pesach. Had I known... Right? Sometimes you say something, and had you known, right, the effect, you didn't think that it would have such a terrible effect, you weren't thinking, and had you known that it would have such an effect, you would not have said it. So that is a legitimate regret. And so, right, because now you've brought shame to yourself and to your family, and Omrim Lo, we say to him, Right, if you had known that the next day the community would say bad things about you, that this is how he did, this guy is, he divorces his wife, you omrim, right, said, and then now it's a bad reputation for your daughters because they're, you know, it looks bad on the resume that their daughter's from a divorce. And maybe their mother, maybe there's something wrong with her, right? Everybody starts doing what, Andrew? Speculating in a divorce. Something wrong with him, something wrong with her, and all of that. Avak Lashon Hara gets kicked up. Who needs all this? So if you had known that this would become a hawk in the community, then that's enough to say that you regret this neder. That's enough of a premise to uh, do the Hataras Nadarm. Okay. Another case. Very Right, the case of the yearbook photographer. 
right? You made your decision who you're going to marry based on how she looks in the yearbook photos and the base Yaakov. And, and it was a bad angle. You thought she was nasty. It turns out she's gorgeous. Shora, you thought she was dark. Very Levana, she's light. Katsari, you thought she was short. Very Yerukha, she's tall. Mutarba. That nether is also under false premise and therefore undone. And it's not because her actual circumstance changed. She didn't change. Right? It's not because this is what we already said. We quoted this yesterday. We knew that this was coming. That this is what's called a neder taos. In other words, Harmish is implying that had she really been ugly or dark or short, so that's not a neder taos. You're not going to be able to roll it back. But here, you made the nether under false pretense. Well, that is something that can be easily undone I don't even think it has to be undone because, in fact, the nether never takes effect, right? That's called the nether toss. That doesn't even have to do a tars and We just have to say, oh, that was a false premise. This is different than saying, had I known. Meaning, because in the first case, you said something you shouldn't have said because you weren't uh, aware of what the consequences would be. Okay, so you really weren't aware of those consequences when you made the nether, so you have to do a tars and in the second case, you said something where the circumstances you were not what you thought. That's different. That's not something that was revealed to you. I mean, it was revealed to you after, but the reality was always not what you thought. So that you don't even have to roll back. And there was a similar story to that effect. Right? The, the shot, Karen Traub was pushing somebody to marry their niece, because that's considered a good thing in those days. He thought she was ugly. So he made a ned there, I'm never going to marry that girl. But they brought him to the Rabbi Shmuel's house. Rabbi Shmuel beautified her. He did. How did he do so? Last line, Tosfos over here, is not where the Ran is. It's on the column, all the way in the far left, in this case. And you go to the last line, He performed a dental procedure, Andrew. He gave her a gold tooth like Grandmama. Grills. Okay. This is the one that you didn't want to marry? Look at this beauty with the gold tooth. He said, whoa, I did not realize that she could be this beautiful. And so again, there he didn't know, right, that she, she could have such a beautiful dental procedure and turn from ugly to beautiful. Once Rabbi Shmuel performed this beautiful gold tooth dental procedure, and there's a machlokis, there's a gold tooth, the marsha I think discusses, whatever, is the gold tooth nice, is it not nice? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, Andrew. I've been dealing with this my whole career. It's, uh, these aesthetic things are subjective. But be that as it may, let's assume that this is gold tooth is considered culturally a beautiful thing. And therefore that f- was something that was unexpected. And therefore, based off of that, he was able to do the Hatars Nadar. At that time, Bishmal got emotional. And he said, He said, really, all the Jewish girls are beautiful. Yeah, but once they're so impoverished, and malnourished, that the teeth fall out and they get uh, into trouble, uh, and, it ter- and it looks awful. It's coming from the fact that we're living in times of Chorban Andrew, and that's what makes them ugly. Rabbi 
And when Rishmael died, when it was time to right, be maspid him and eulogize him, they would cry, cried again. These uh, right, these famous uh, rabbanim had tremendous sensitivity for Klal Yisrael. And similarly, they said in the eulogy that David said for Shaul, obviously Shaul and Yonatan died the same day. The relationship between David and Shaul was complicated, to say the least. But David, who is the king, when Shaul died, uh, had to be masked him, obviously. And he said, He had said a similar thing. That, uh, again, Shaul... In that context, now, there's certain things about this that are analogous, right? Because after all, uh, there is an idea uh, with regards to Shaul that, that is similar, and there's some, there's some parallels here between Rabbi Shmuel and Shaul as far as the girls crying for it, be that as it may, right? That was the story of, Ish, of Rabbi Shmuel with regards to being sensitive to the, to the daughters, and so that was, it's sort of like is um, reminiscent of the eulogy that they, that they had for Rabbi Shemal, is reminiscent of the eulogy of David Melech for Shaul HaMelech. Okay, now, the Gemara asks, uh, at the bottom of Samach Bavadalf, Maise Listar, we just said, right, that when you undo a nether, um, right, when Rabbi Shemal, under the nether, right? And we say a story that contradicts the ruling. What's the story? Because the Mishnah said that if you made a nether because she's ugly, and then it turns out that she was not ugly, that really was a bad angle in the yearbook picture, so then the nether is undone. But it implies that if she really was ugly, and then she just became beautiful through a dental procedure, through Invisalign. So then maybe you can't undo the nether, Andrew. So what's going on? So the Gemara says, right, because the story of Rabbi Shemal seems to contradict the implication of the Mishnah. So the Gemara says, no, that's the Mishnah is missing a piece, and this is how the Mishnah should read. This is what the Mishnah should say. Right, in other words, the case where you mistook her from the yearbook photo, you don't even have to undo the nether. The case where she really was ugly and then she had Invisalign and became beautiful, that case, yes, it's not automatically undone, but you could still do Ataris Nadarim. That's what the Mishnah wanted to say as follows. Even if she was ugly and turned beautiful, dark become light, and short becomes tall, that you could still undo that nether and you could do Ataris Nadarim based on that. As the story illustrates, that there was a woman where, right, the Karen Trab recommended the niece. The niece had, uh, her teeth were whack. Fixed it up, and you know the rest of the story. The guy fell in love. Fine. So now as we turn to some The Bryce says that she had a flipper, what we call a false tooth. And out of his own pocket, Rabbi Shmuel upgraded her to, to a, an Invisalign gold. Wow. And the Gemara points out, And at the beginning of his hespid, his eulogy, they said on him, Right, should weep over 
Rabbi Ishmael, as we discussed. Now, 13 lines down, we talk about beautiful stories of the Gedol Yisrael and the sensitivity that for Klai Yisrael as follows. Certain case, a guy who's not a great guy, says to his wife, he wants to embarrass her for some reason. He says to her, you have to cook for Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. If you can cook for the Gedol Adar and they taste it, then I'm going to uh, allow you to have Hanah for me. Otherwise, I am done with you. So it's not a nice thing to do. It's embarrassing. You're going to go to Rabbi Howard's house now and you say, I cooked a kugel for you. You have to eat it. Like this is an awkward situation that he's setting up. Why would anybody do that? So Rabbi Huda time. So the rabbi was a tzaddik and he tasted it. And he, and, and, and he allowed that marriage to continue Awkward as the situation was, and he made the following cheshbon. Amar kavacham. Rabbi Yehuda made the following kavacham for himself. We know already that one of the right ingredients in the potion that is in the mei sota, foreshadowing, because the order is nadarim then nazir then sota. In the mei sota, one of the ingredients is the shem hashem that you put. It's part of the concoction of that mei sota portion. Now. The idea of the Mesota is Shalom Bayes, right? La Sos Shalom Benishli Ishto. And you take the Shem Hashem and you erase it for the sake of the Shalom Bayes between a man and a woman. And that's besuffic, says the Gemara, right? Because after all, you don't know what the case is. Maybe the woman didn't do anything at all. Maybe she did. So you don't know. And still you're willing to erase. One thing that's for sure happening is you're erasing the Shem Hashem when you're making the Mesota concoction. And so the covenant Shemaim is being sacrificed, so to speak, by erasing the Shem Hashem for the sake of Shalom Bayis. So certainly, Vani, Vakama, I'm just a Basar Adam, not a Shem. And so, in order to save Shalom Bayis, of course, I'm going to eat this Kugel. Something was going on here, Andrew. The, the backstory has to be that her, her Kugels were disgusting. And he said, you know what? You got to bring this Kugel to the Godelador. Before you have any enough for me, it does not justify his behavior. That's not how you behave. And why are you getting the gedolim involved? But be that as it may, he got the gedolim involved, and she brought it to them. And Rabbi Yehuda ate it, and so he was able to continue. But Rabbi Shimon was having none of it. Andrew, Rabbi Shimon, low time. Now I'm not tasting this. Why? Amar Yamusu This is going to sound very harsh. He said, "You know what." Let all the children of the widow die, which is to say, she's gonna now he's wishing for him, for him for her to be a widow. The only way she's gonna be a widow is if her husband dies. He said, Let this jerk faced husband whose dumb idea this was, let him die and his children should die. So the rush over here already says, Yeah. It doesn't mean that he wishes for her kids to die. They didn't do anything. They're already victimized by these horrible parents, right? Or at least the horrible dad. They're victims enough. But the, what he's saying is he wishes this husband to die because he's a jerk and he doesn't deserve to live because this is not how human beings behave. And once, as the rush explains, the husband dies and so the children will be fatherless and they will be directionless. Now, you say, better to be directionless than to be in the presence of this dude who's obviously a horrible dude. Maybe, but 
it's not great to be directionless anyways. And so that was what Rabbi Shimon was alluding to. Well, why was he had such a strong reaction? He says, values is Shimon from Como. Yeah, I'm not going to, right, um, just, I'm not going to justify and legitimize this kind of awful behavior. I'm not going to sit here and participate in this nonsense. Okay? And also, I have to be firm, because people are just going to be, what? They're going to habitually start making the darb. Like, this guy is acting ridiculous, and this is nonsense behavior, and why should I be a participant in it? The guy should drop dead. Wow. Okay. It's also not covered for himself, right? It's a covered a Torah. You know, a guy who is, A, harassing his wife, and B, getting Gedolim involved, she just dropped that. Okay. So now, a story with Shimon Gamliel. Another jerk who says to his wife, you can't have enough of me until you spit on Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. What kind of person does this? So now she's stuck, right? Because she wants to continue the marriage for whatever reason. But now she has to spit on Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, who's the God of Adar. So she splits the difference and spits on his coat instead of on his face. So Amalei Ravacham and Difti Laravina. So now they're discussing it in the base medrash, and they're asking not what you would thought. The question is How did she get away with spitting only on his coat? The point of the husband was that she should spit in his face. So how does spitting on his coat work? That's the question. How is he yoytze? Right. This is how yeshiva in yeshiva you just check the story. So the answer is, Yeah, spitting on his coat is plenty. Can you imagine spitting on the rabbi's coat? That's plenty disrespectful. It's fine. She's Yotzei. Fine. Now, a wild incident that occurred with Shimon ben Rubiasi as follows. Yeah. That he found his wife disgusting in every way. It's very sad. And now he says, you can't have any, to his wife, you can't have any enough for me until the rabbi says, in this case, Rabbi Shalom Yossi, that there's one nice thing about you. Oh, what a jerk. So So now, Rabbi Yossi, can you imagine what rabbis have to deal with? This is, this is why the rabbis get paid the big bucks, because now the rabbi has to see this woman, there's a neder, and he has to point out what's nice about this woman. So Amar Lahem, so he's there, you know, with the other, the guys in the shul, and he's saying to them, so what can we say that's nice about this woman so she can get out of this nether, right, to fulfill this nether? Shema Roshana, maybe she has a nice head. Amulos Galgal, no, it's like around like a bowling ball. Okay, Shema Sarana, maybe she has nice hair. So no, Domela Nitze Pishtan. No, it's like a scarecrow, flax hair, terrible hair. Shema Ineanos, maybe she has nice eyes. No, true saying. They're round in shape like saucers. Mind you, um, of course, it would take Rabbi Shalom Razan, the great Dr. Yomi master, to remember that a name true same of the, and, and, uh, and Skalgal Skal was the nonsensical questions that they tried to ask Hillel and Shammai and Erev Shabbos and Mesech Shabbos when, when he says back to them, uh, right, asking like nonsensical questions. Why are there Babylonians head round and stuff like that? What? Right, why the feet of the Africans are wide. So this woman had all the milas. Her eyes were saucers. Her head was like a bowling ball. Her hair was like a square crow. Shema's neonos. 
Maybe your ears are beautiful. No, Kfula is saying they look like big cauliflowers, Dumbo ears. Maybe she has a nice nose. Balum, who knows? It's squeezed and closed. Terrible. What about her lips? Albo saying nice and thick. Maybe she has a nice neck. Shaka, too. What neck? She's like a linebacker. Maybe her abdomen is beautiful. So what are you supposed to say? Your abdomen is beautiful? No, it's It doesn't matter. It's bloated. What about her feet? She has thunder thighs like a geese. Oh, but maybe her name is beautiful. Well, guess what her name was, Andrew? Lichluchis Shma. Lichluchis. Dirt, like like stain. So Amalehan. So now he got it. She has a fitting name. Ah, her name befits her. She's because she is lousy with blemishes. Wow. And based on that well chosen name of her parents, Visharya, he was able to permit her to her husband. Finally, the final incident. A guy moved from Baltimore to Eretz Israel and got married to an Israeli. And turns out there's a lot of miscommunication. She's like Amelia Bedelia. He says, cook two lentils. She literally cooks two lentils. She's like, what is this? He's angry. He says, cook for me a right, uh, um, truck full of lentils. She literally filled a truck with lentils, Andrew. He says, bring me two melons that are called butzini. shargi. And she brings two lamps, which are like also called butzini. Break that on the doorway, right? Bava is like a um, a shar. Bava kama b'mitzia, right? The doorway. So she breaks the lamps over bava bin buta, the gadola door, because it's bava. She breaks it over his head. What are you doing? The, the God says, why are you breaking lamps over my head? Amar kach bani bali. My husband said so. So Amar atasit v'tzon ba'alech. Hamakum yotzi mech shnei bonim kebabim buta. He says, this is the way the gedolim, like or Moshe Feinstein's atzal, when they closed the door on his fingers, right? The gedolim, he broke the lamp over his head. And for the sake of Shalom Bayes, he took it and he said, wow, you must really love your husband because you thought that that's what he asked you to do, and you acquiesced when we all be zochay to do the Ratzon Hashem in that way. Hadron Lach Rabbi Lezer will resume tomorrow on Shabbos with Daf Samach Zayin with the beginning of the 10th parak of Maseches Nadarim.